Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to My Seven Wonders Live. In this podcast, I'm joined by a special guest to tell me all about the seven wonders, great or small, personal or improbable, of his or her world. Sometimes it's just me and the guest, but this episode is one of a number we've recorded in front of live audiences in Edinburgh and now London. And the guest starring in this edition is the comedian, singer and actress Suze Kempner. So here we go with an enthusiastic audience in London's Leicester Square Theatre exploring the seven wonders of Suze Kempner. Well, welcome on board this, this uh, podcast. Thank um, you. So you're familiar with this theatre because I, in my deep researches, have you won a competition here? I did. About ten years ago, was it? It was eleven years ago. Yes. Yeah, the Funny Women Awards final. Yes. And I was the Variety Award winner. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so is that because you can do a variety of things? Or? Yes, I was singing and comedy. All oh, right. Well, that's yeah. a, that's a good combination, isn't it? Well, it ended up being a good combination on the night. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, I know you you studied at the Royal Academy Royal Academy of Music. Yes. So was that your intention then originally to be uh, on the musical side of things and the comedy has taken over a bit? Or well, what? so in, I went and did a script writing degree at Bournemouth University right. 20 years ago. And in the second year, I saw on the TV, they showed Jerry Springer, the opera yes. late at night. And I remember watching it and going, like, I've picked the wrong degree. <laughs> I should have done musical theatre. And now I work all the time with Richard Thomas, who wrote Jerry Springer with Stuart Lee. Yes. Uh, so it's all worked out. So that was quite a controversial uh, opera at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. There, I think the Daily Mail printed that it had, like, it's got 6,000 examples of the C word. Yes. And, like... They, in order for that to be true, every cast member would have had to be saying it every three seconds or something like that. It's just, <laughs> Maybe that was just the reviewer true. saying yeah. it too. Because so, it, was, it was... The main problem was it was seen as a sort of uh, irreligious thing. But in yeah. fact, I, I were, saw it more as an attack on Cherry Springer uh, and, and that sort of television. It yeah, was, the, it, the idea yeah. of, like... Because uh, none of the characters in it are judged by the show, but the yeah. audience judges them constantly. Yes. And, and also the... the charge of blasphemy is that the devil's a real dick to Jesus. <laughs> I think that would happen. Yes, he, he's not you know, known to be pleasant no. to, to anybody, really. The no, I'm not, I'm not familiar a... with the Bible in, in every, you know, yeah. every single passage, but I'm pretty sure the yeah. devil didn't like Jesus. Uh, it's uh, not a huge amount. He tempts him, but I don't think it's a huge amount of it. The devil, I think, has been, he's been sort of got a better agent since the Bible. Got, yeah. got built up. Uh, he's doing that. all right yeah. these days, isn't he? So that's... <laughs> so that's... I just want to just... Uh, 
you summarise, you know, your, your, your range of things. So that's right. going back a bit. But uh, just this year, it was announced you'll be betraying Doom yeah. in um, the multimedia part of the Doctor Who yes. world. Yes, yeah. So uh, we've had John Colshaw on uh, just now, and he's been... Amongst them, his many other impressions, he can do, as far as I can see, all the Doctor Who's I'm going sure, back. I'm uh, sure, yeah. But what is this? What is the uh, multi... I, I understand the term multimedia thing, but where... Yeah. So is this is being done for um, for the internet? For It's it's everywhere. There's So Doom is the universe's greatest assassin. Yes. Um, and the idea is that she's so good at it because she comes across as very friendly and unassuming. Yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Yeah. And, uh, and then, oh, you know, she's killed you. So that's Doom. But All it's right. going to be video games, comics, audio yes. books, audio dramas. We filmed some stuff for it, and it's yeah, it's going to be everywhere. Well, that's, that's fantastic. So, yeah. uh, but that, so you're now in the Doctor Who world. They you're, can't take that away no, from me. You'll be traveling the world. Yeah. Some fans would like me not to be. It <laughs> turns out since the announcement. But yeah, no, this well, is it now. Well, the people that are, that you're, you're a bit new. But, yeah, I think um, what I've learned is. A fandom will always have a section that is angry about everything that happens in their favourite thing. Yes. And yeah. the latest thing to happen in their favourite thing is me. Yeah. And they're furious. <laughs> but, they, but has someone else been Doom? Or if, you're no. the, if you're the first Doom, how do they know whether you're good or bad? Or Exa- well, I guess they just know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in ten years' time, when you're speaking at a conference in Las Vegas <laughs> about how you first got the job of Doom, there'll be, there'll be people you know, all over you for your, your, your selfies and, and signatures and everything. That would be, be great. I met my first sort of five fans were outside the theatre. They right. knew I was going to be here. Yes. It wasn't wasn't terrifying. Yeah. It was all right. Did you bring them in to swell the numbers of the audience? Just leave them out in the cold? Yeah. Guys, guys, I could probably yeah. sort you a deal. Come on in. <laughs> but it's, you think it's because you're nice and unassuming. You feel, but surely somebody must have said you're an, you're an assassin, a, a, a devious person. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a bit person, of that right? as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Horrendous so, human being, so, me. Well, I, was, I was once asked to, to voice over the, the devil, actually, we were talking oh, about, for, yes. uh, for um, an animation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I turned up and I said, well, what's, um, you know, what voice would you like me to do for the devil? And they said, no, no, your voice. Your <laughs> voice is how we hear the devil. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. the project was taken not much. Well, I, I, I did it, we recorded stuff, but it, it didn't take okay. off for some reason. They got the wrong voice of the devil, I think. Yeah. Too kind. Kindly voice, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, now, the other thing I just wanted to check up on, because uh, it reads oddly the way I found it, you performed as David Cameron yes. in a musical about Brexit. Yes. Well, I'm sure there were lots of uh, musicals about Brexit here. There, but mm-hmm. again, um, are you the most obvious person to play David Cameron? Yeah. Oh, if I was a casting director, I'd go, right, I don't yeah. want to hold auditions. Yeah. Who can we get? I know. Yeah. Suze Kempner. Yeah, I had to come out and do... It was... <laughs> it was it wasn't the deepest gag in the world. Yeah. I, I came out and went, this little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had rose roof. Mm. This little piggy had none. And then I had to sing a whole song about how the pigs made me do Brexit. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, with a chorus of uh, drag queens behind me all wearing pig noses. Right. Singing piggy, 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 piggy. I yeah. unaccountably missed this. I don't know. <laughs> <don't>, uh, <laughs> I also, in the same show, played Theresa May. All oh, right. Which had a, I had to come out because Theresa May's got that thing where, like, towards the end of her 
um, what, we'll call it her Reich. Uh, she, <laughs> well, Reich's she, a bit strong. <laughs> her lengthy um, period yeah, compa- her, compared to one of her successors. Her, her 500 years yeah, that she yeah. spent as PM, She because she'd become so unsure of everything she was doing, she'd kind of physically become a question mark. Yes. I'll demo it for the audience. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, so that, that, that was indeed so like, brilliant, but uh, yeah. it's not going to play as well on <laughs> the not podcast, be wait for a podcast uh, on the sound but, only, but, oh, but there it is. Trust yeah. me, these yeah. guys loved it. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to come out as well, Theresa May. Sense, that sort of makes sense you might play a Theresa May, especially with your physical acting but skills. Well, there you go, I knew but, the question David Cameron, I'm not sure. Yeah, not, not as sure. much. Yeah. And I was Angela Merkel. <laughs> the same thing, oh, right. and it was Mama Merkel's Eurovision, and we did yeah. like her ABBA-style yeah. Eurovision song. Well, I am sorry I missed this, but uh, <laughs> but but you, you don't particularly look like uh, Angela Merkel either. But no, uh, no, no, no. All right. Uh, anyway, let's. We must get on with your seven wonders. Sure. But I wanted to put that a little bit in context. <laughs> yeah. um, so your first wonder is Freddie Mercury's voice. Yes. Now, obviously, we yeah. uh, you know people know Freddie Mercury, who he was uh, sadly it's a past tense but yeah. it's his voice in particular does this because yeah. of your when you're at the royal academy of music yeah. were you studying musical instruments or was it a voice that it you was were it was doing? voice um, and you get an excellent training mm. in the sort of they they approach singing from a very technical point of view which right. i found very useful i don't like all this stuff with like how does it make you feel though? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Tell me what tilt I should be doing. And so we were doing yeah. all that. And I loved Queen anyway. Like I grew up on Queen. I always loved Freddie's voice. Yes. And then I got to look at it very nerdily from a technical point of view. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with his voice. Right. And he, he's, he's, he's got many octaves in his voice. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Huge range. Yeah. And he's a natural baritone, which is, but he's got this crazy thing where he can take it all the way up and it's always the same vocal quality. He doesn't flip into yeah. like a falsetto, although he has got an excellent falsetto that he can access. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk of like, who's the greatest, who's, like, who's the best singer who ever lived? Is it Maria Callas? Mm. Is it someone like Aretha Franklin? Yeah. But for me, it's not about the best singer, but the greatest singer is for me, yeah. Freddie Mercury. And do you think that was a, a sort of natural ability that he had? He just, he just not stumbled on it exactly, but mm. just all, was always able to do that. Yeah, I think it was just there. It was, it was yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> it didn't need training into him. He just had a, he had this incredible ear as well, which meant he was able to access the sounds of other people without being an impersonation. So yeah. like he loved, I've already mentioned Aretha Franklin, and he yeah. wrote Somebody to Love to be like an Aretha Franklin song. Right. You hear him sing it, it's definitely Freddie's voice, but he's sort of flipped slightly into her sensibility for yeah. that, but well, seamless. Was he, was he slightly before your time in terms of, uh, you know, when, when, was he somebody of a sort of a previous generation or maybe an older brother, mm-hmm. older sister or something like that? It was my parents had, the, um, yeah. had all the albums in the house. Yeah. And so I was six when Freddie died in 91. Yeah. And I, there was, there were several years as a teenager, I went, I wish I'd been born 10 years earlier. Then I could have seen him live at Wembley when I was yeah. 11. Yes. And uh, I don't know, I don't want to be any older, yeah. thank you. But well, why, why don't you flip the wish round and, and wish that he'd lived another 10 yes, years? Uh, yeah, just, yeah, uh, that's a more generous spirited. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you know what, Clive? I never thought of that. That's, I, don't know how, I don't know what that says about me, actually. <laughs> Maybe just concentrate yourself a little bit there, but. Uh, 
I'm, yeah, but fair I'm enough. glad <laughs> he died when he did. I just <laughs> wish I'd been born earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, because you can you can see these uh, you know concerts and yes. the recording. Uh, but of course, yeah. there's the the biographical film that they made. <laughs> did is. you sit there going, "This is rubbish. I don't agree <laughs> with this," or were you enraptured in, in, in by there's it? A, I think I think uh, that film really um, struck a chord and did wonderful things for Queen. Yeah. Um, but I do find it quite funny at the end where they recreate Live Aid, you know, perfectly. Yeah. But it gives you the extra aspect of like you. So we've only seen Live Aid, Queen at Live Aid from one angle, you yeah. know, and, it, and you know, there's one video of it. But in Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie, you get to see like Brian May and Roger Taylor and John Deacon looking at each other and going like that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is good because oh, now yeah. I know that Freddie did a good job at Live Aid. <laughs> I didn't know before that, but well, now you've the got movie to put uh, something into me. those films. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're difficult, aren't they? Biographical things. But, yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that that Wembley concert was sort of vital to Queen, wasn't it? They, yes. Uh, yeah. They they they, they you know, slayed the crowd. They not oh. slayed. That's the wrong. Uh, but, <laughs> but they were just, they were fantastic on yeah. that day, and I think they were perhaps. Dangerous fading away before then. I think yeah. so, yeah. And they, they were unusual for a 70s band, a band that was so huge in the 70s, because mm. I think thanks to Live Aid, which mm. is in 85, they then had an amazing 80s, yes. which few 70s bands yeah. had. But it's quite, yeah. a, quite a challenge. It was Rami Malek uh, that uh, yeah. played him. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, to trying to play a very charismatic person is, yeah. is almost the most challenging thing. It's, I think it's, it's. I mean, you've done David Cameron, so, so yeah. you know how hard the it is. The most charismatic yes, person. Yeah. 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 May, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playing playing both ends of the charisma spectrum yeah. there. Um, yeah, I've, I saw the Elvis movie, which has, oh, yes. has many problems, but Austin Butler's performance as Elvis is not one of them. He's incredible. Yes, yes. I, he really, you see him age, and it's mm. like a physicality even yeah. more than the crazy prosthetics yeah. they've put on him. Do, do you like those sort of biographical movies that take, would... take lives and sort of... Uh, do you know, my, my favourite um, biographical movie of a musician is... Have you seen Walk Hard? Oh, no, I haven't. It's uh... a comedy... Um, it's a parody of music biopics, and it's perfect. It's right. a fake singer, yes, um, called Dewey Cox, who's <laughs> me- and it's meant to be like Walk the Line. Dewey Cox. Dewey Cox. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about that and name. But and he had a, yeah. his big single was called Walk Hard. Yes, well, and yeah. it's that's the yes. best music biopic of all time. All right, okay. <laughs> but anyway, Freddie Mercury's voice. Mm, Freddie and, Mercury's uh, voice. Uh, is it possible to understand where his talent came from? I don't think he came from a musical family. Particularly. No, not particularly. No. And I think. I, there's all these, all these stories about born, him. Born yeah, in, yeah. yeah. Well, and well, that's particularly relevant, but... Uh, and, uh, yeah, and he went to a private boarding school and just always was... He had a, always had a band on yeah. the go. He was also, like, a really good boxer. Yeah. There was that as well, so yeah. he chose music and... And he, had, and he had very distinctive looks. I mean, they weren't, um, they yeah. weren't, they weren't the standard issue rock star no, looks by any no. means. No, no, and he was always very self-conscious about his teeth mm. and... In order t- for them to, I'm putting in quotation marks, fix his teeth, because Freddie was beautiful, there was nothing he needed to change yeah. about him. But if they right. wanted to, we've got that. He's <laughs> your first one, don't we? Got, yeah. Yeah. If, we, if we wanted to, if we wanted to fix those teeth and and make his face conform with uh, beauty standards, they'd have had to, like break the hard palate in his mouth, yes. and that which was extremely high. Right. And I think that 
just added would something a to the risk, voice. Wouldn't it, oh yeah, yes. you don't want to change your voice. No, completely. okay. Yeah. So Freddie, Freddie Mercury's voice. Yes. Uh, I mean, and do you come from a, a music? I think your 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 brothers are in. Yeah, as my well. brother has been in Les Mis and Avenue Q yeah. and South Pacific. Yeah, and and uh, but it's just the two of us. My parents don't really sing. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we so, are like we're a bit like the Von Trapps. Yeah. Well, well there's two is enough. <laughs> you need a few more for the wrong traps. The wrong uh, craps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so is that what uh, that led you into wanting to be a performer? Did he egg you on? Did you egg him on? Or? I think the pair of us, because he's younger than me, but I think the pair of us uh, egged each other on. Yes. Yeah, and we've both sort of, we've got this similar skill set and yet we've gone in vastly different directions in our styles yeah. of comedy and singing. Yeah. I think uh, he does um, impressions. Yes. I think, we've just, uh, done I think the... he's worked with John. Yeah, but yeah. he's John Coshaw, So, yeah. But do you, do, do you go down that line? Have I you do got... a few yeah. impressions, but I'm, I'd see myself more as a woman of four voices. <laughs> okay. So that I, can, I can pull out a, a half-decent Liza Minnelli. Um, oh, okay. I've been doing a lot... I did a lot of videos over lockdown where I did... Trump speeches verbatim, but as Liza Minnelli, because it was the only way they could be stomached. Yes. And um, it worked surprisingly well hearing yeah. her go, we just need those extra votes. Come <laughs> on, do me a favour, Georgia. And, uh, yeah. That's and, good, that's good, yes, yeah. God, John Culshaw's feeling a bit sick now. <laughs> All he can do is Trump as Trump. You can do, you <laughs> can do him as Liza Minnelli. We uh, just got to get the votes. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's your that's your first wonder, Freddie, yes. Freddie Mercury's voice. Mm -hmm. But I th it sounds like you mean Freddie Mercury the whole thing. Oh really, yeah, don't he you? was amazing. There's 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 sort of nothing like him in the same way that someone like Eminem, he's a facsimile of Elvis. Yeah. But Freddie Mercury isn't a facsimile of anyone. No. And it's it's a strange thing with 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 bands, you know, groups, whatever, when they come together. Brian May is a, you know, unconscionably good guitarist yes, as well. So it's a, yeah. So it's a bit, are they in a different way, you know, um, Paul McCartney and John mm -hmm. Lennon mm -hmm. happening to be in yeah. nearby schools rather than the same school. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, you know, there wouldn't have been quite the same magic. Yeah, yeah. and you, you see like a few, Roger Taylor and Brian May were in a different band before yeah. that and then they lost their lead singer and then, oh, we know Fred and yes. he, and... Then Queen is born, yeah. <laughs> OK, hmm. uh, excellent. So that's your first wonder. Now, your second wonder, um, which I, I sort of understand, but it's a slightly <laughs> puzzle in the same way. It's the England v Spain Euro 96 quarterfinal. Yes. Now, I'm into football. I can remember that. Yes. Uh, I don't know, how I, because of the lights here, I don't know whether we're dealing with people who are... It might not be interesting in football because there's a football match going on at the moment. But, it is, yeah. Uh, um, but that particular tournament, 1996, mm -hmm. obviously was quite an exciting one. Yes. Uh, it, it looked like England might uh, do well. Yeah. Um, sort of 1966, go on to 1996. Mm -hmm. It was the Euros. There were some good matches. I, I speak yeah. here as a, I support Scotland in international right. football. So right. there was an I England, England <laughs> win over Scotland, <laughs> yes. which was uh, full of heartbreak for Scotland, of Scotland fans. Yeah. A missed penalty. Yes. Uh, that extraordinary goal scored by Gary, Gary McAllister's. Gary McAllister's. A, it's a, it a bit yeah. like, you know, Harry Kane missing the one in the yeah, World Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was so a really. I haven't, I haven't finished my therapy. For that yeah. yet, but, yeah. <laughs> well, he was. That's the same thing because he yeah. was. A, he was a great player. 
mm. great penalty taker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, David Seaman saved it. Then yeah. Gaza did that that flip over. It was yeah, magic. Unbelievable. Now, look, yeah. So that's one. <laughs> there was an even more fantastic game for England. Was yeah. playing the Netherlands and yes. completely trouncing the Netherlands, mm-hmm. just allowing Netherlands to score one goal mm-hmm. in order to eliminate Scotland. Uh, which, um, oh yes. I, uh, oh but I'm just saying. Of but course. you've chosen. I brought you a world of pain. Yeah. <laughs> but you've chosen the quarterfinal, yeah. which is a nil-all draw decided on penalties yes. after extra time. So most of the game was stressful and uneventful, if you yeah. can have both. Why choose that game? OK, so... Um, this is a wonder of the world. Yeah, this is my seventh yeah, wonder. Yeah, yeah. This game changed my life. Ah. This, so this took place. This is the first big international England match that I got super invested in and I fell in love with international football that day and I've never got over it it's the bad boyfriend I keep going back to in England playing in international tournaments um so it was my cousin's bar mitzvah (laughs) and we all day all anyone was saying was how are we going to watch a match how are we going to how but how, oh. but how are we going to watch a match? Like, 300 Jewish people were mm. there to celebrate my cousin coming of age and everyone was going, yeah, 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 but how are we going to watch a match? Yeah. And um, it was really pissing off my aunt. Yeah. And uh, I that gave me... Like, I was 11 and by osmosis I was sucking up that this was very important. Yeah. And then finally someone went, they said we can watch it after the, after the, you know, the big meal. Yes. And then we, so we were all eating this meal going, you yeah, know, the kickoff's in 45 minutes. And then it was time for prayers. Mm. And we were like, oh, my God. And, then fi- and it was like 10 minutes till kickoff. The speeches and the prayers had finished, but then the rabbi was going to speak. All right. And everyone was going, great. But- yeah. And then the rabbi got up, and I've never heard anyone speak so fast in all my life. <laughs> It was amazing, and like he was just, and everyone started laughing, and my aunt was like, "My child's precious day," yeah. and um, and then he finished, and he went, "Right, it's time for kickoff. Let's do this," <laughs> and we all crowded round this telly, and uh, the atmosphere was insane. I've never yeah. known anything like it. Um, and when it got to penalties, like I was like running with sweat. It was fever pitch, and I just remember. Knowing they'd won the match, that I'd ne- this was this was a feeling I would uh, cling to for many penalty shootouts to come. Yes. Obviously, in the twenty years that followed, yeah. but I just remember everyone leaping up and hugging each other, and I did. I fell in love with watching England play football that day, and I've I've just never been able to get over it. I can't support yeah. a club because knowing how I feel when England play. I can't ruin my life every weekend like that. Oh, I, I can't. Oh, I, yeah, I, I see what you mean. So, so that's that was that magic moment. That, yes. That, uh, uh, so you thought that a, a, a draw nil all with one. <laughs> yeah. I think it was one save, wasn't there? Was, it was, I he think he so. actually saved it. Yeah. So it was, a, yeah. It was uh, David Sim. Uh, I, yeah. I, I went with a friend of mine to the next game, which was against Germany. Oh, yeah. And, and I and as I, I'm sort of a bit ambivalent about England because of my Scottish of course, preference. Yeah. But I was with him, and I was very very useful because that game was I may remember yeah. that was a more penalties. England went ahead yeah Germany were fantastic because mm-hmm. the whole stadium were, was rooting for England and yeah. then they got an equaliser and then Gaza didn't quite make yes. it to, to get a to get a winning goal yeah. and then uh, of course uh, it was Gareth Southgate what happened to him he, well he, yeah he, but he didn't miss the penalty it was saved so, so. Uh, yeah <laughs> well, well, I wonder if we'll hear any more from this <laughs> Graham Southgate <laughs> but I was very useful to my friend because he was so distraught oh. uh, to get him home to get him out of Wembley and home uh, I saved his life that, that of course. day. So, <laughs> uh, so that was a that was an exciting tournament. But do, yes. So you weren't put off at your impressionable age, having seen the 
the win of this one, mm -hmm. you weren't then, oh, no, but the next one we might no. lose on penalties. And no, we did. no, because I knew that we would win the World Cup in 98. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. I knew mm. we'd win the Euros in 2000. Yeah. And then in 2002, yeah. that Brazil quarterfinal, yeah. I was doing my A-level English literature exam. Yes. And we were 1-0 up when I went in. Yes. And I wrote on my exam, I'm a bit distracted because England are currently 1-0 up. Yeah. And then I did the exam. Yes. And I was like, the examiner will love this. Yeah. <laughs> and I came out and we'd lost. And oh. I was like, who cares about uh, A-levels? <laughs> you probably yeah. lost a grade by depressing, <laughs> the, depressing the examiner. I got a yeah. strong C for well. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll t uh, yeah, there's a film called 19... I think it's called 1966. It was about that very thing about uh, there's a bar mitzvah going to be taking place. Yes, yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah Eddie Marsden. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, a, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny but poignantly sad film because yeah. he's having a less good bar mitzvah anyway mm -hmm. than his brother had had. And then in the end, there's right. hardly anybody at it. Cause, yeah. Because football rather took off in 1966. But, yes. it, but if you want my theory, mm -hmm. when in 1966, England got a goal when it may or may not have gone over the line. Yeah. And I think <laughs> yeah. the entire nation of England who were alive then all prayed and said, mm -hmm. oh, please give us the goal, <laughs> God, or whoever they were praying to. Yeah. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll never want to win anything else ever again. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and God and the Russian linesman gave them the goal. Sure. And they won the game, and, and it was all very, you know, very oh. good at the time. But then England never going to... It's my theory. That's good. To give you hope, they're okay. never going to win a, a World Cup or a big championship until okay. until everybody who was alive in 1966 has died. <laughs> so, and Or some significant number of them. OK, well, it's... Yeah. Yeah, no. But if you find uh, supporting I, England... Well, I'm Doom, the greatest yeah. assassin in the universe. Maybe oh. I could kill them all before yeah. the next uh, Euros. Well. If you find supporting England stressful, you try supporting Scotland. I bet. So, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't even get to play in every tournament, do you? Uh, oh. so. yeah. Hey, well, that came from a place yeah, of empathy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, from now on, it will be in every tournament because they're now expanding every tournament to 900 That's countries. True. There, there, yeah. are, there are more places in them than there are countries now. That's so. true. But knowing Scotland's luck, <laughs> <laughs> Vatican City will come on the outside. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, uh, that, so... The, so yeah. I'm, I'm glad you cleared that. I was, mis I was puzzling why <laughs> England v Spain, yeah. uh, the greatest football match. Yeah. Well, it was a winning, it was a winning game, and it was, uh, yeah. it was great to uh, Psycho. Life. What was he called? Stuart Pearce. Yes, so that, yeah, that yeah. was his redemption because he missed a penalty before. Yes. Anyway, so your third uh, wonder of the world is uh, something completely different, uh, mm -hmm. and, and something that I know very little about. So right. I'm, I'm all ears. Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talking of life-changing things, when I was six, Sonic the Hedgehog came out on the Sega Mega Drive and we played it at my cousin's house. Yes. <laughs> the one with the bomb, it's yeah. uh, <laughs> Played it at their house and I went, oh, th this is the future. This is the future. And the following year, parents got us a lesser console. The Mega Drive was very expensive. The yes. Master System was a lot cheaper. It was an older console. But that had a port of Sonic the Hedgehog on it. 
like a, a more basic rudimentary one. I can right. tell you're fascinated by this class. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm just thinking, what I'm, what's going through my mind is not me as a six-year-old, but me as a parent. Right. And that awful thing when you buy not quite the right <laughs> thing. And it could be anything. It could be trainers, it could be a shirt, yeah. it could be the wrong console, it could be the wrong... Do you know it's what? so easy to do. Yeah, we just had to accept it. There wasn't Mega Drive money in the house, yeah. but there was Master System money. Right. And like, I got obsessed with Sonic. I and were really... you a good child? Did you go, oh, yes, this will be fine, oh, Mummy, Mummy, Daddy. thank you so yeah. much. This is all I will ever want forever. Or did you say, it's the wrong thing? Slam. No, it's yeah. things like, what I'd do is my mum my would go, um, you, you and your brother can't fight over this. And we'd be like, we're obviously never going to fight over it. It's yeah. the best thing ever. And then cut to, like, 50 minutes later, one of us in a rage would pull the cartridge out of the oh, console right. while the other one was playing it and doing really well. Like, so you, uh-huh. did, you did fight over Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We had fighting games on our various yes. consoles and sometimes they would really rile us up and then yeah. we'd play the game for real. Yes. Uh, in, a, in like a box room. Uh, yeah. No, no, I'm not saying it's because I know the answer, but okay. I'm just I'm just is it a... Is it good for children or bad for children? They play on these things rather than going out on the street and getting knocked off their bicycle, playing football. Yeah, or I mean, I think is it's it better for the more much, I, much worse. I mean, your example. I think it probably isn't better for a kid to be like knocked off their bike yeah. by a car or something. No, than play it just on happened a in my childhood. I just, uh, <laughs> right. So I know where I speak, but, so, gotcha. but but we didn't have the game when I was no. young. We didn't have these kind of games. We, but we had to go outside and of course. you met people. You spoke to people yeah. in real life. They are. We did IRL, have to do that IRL, as well. IRL, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was real life. It was all. It was all IRL. That's all we had. This is true. We did have to do that as well because it was because me and my brother were very loud in a very small house. So quite often it would be, "Can you please leave for at least an hour? I hate you both." That kind of thing. But other than the fact this is the game you had access to, I mean, Sonic Hedgehog is a hugely successful game, but it isn't objectively the, the most obvious thing. Why right. a hedgehog that runs around very fast yeah, he's and other blue, characters... Yeah. He's very cool. Yeah. There's something about the aesthetic and the music mm. of the game and the way it plays. It plays yeah. really well for a, a, yeah. you know, a 90s platformer um, that obviously really captured my imagination at that yeah. age. And it's, it was the start of me being super creative. So I wrote loads of Sonic fan fiction. Oh, there was right. one where he had a mentor who was a Viking... Yes. that I wrote. Um, and like the it. rights are available. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was called Bert the Bone Eater, which is a bit suggestive, actually. Yeah. Um, no, well, but yes. I, not, <laughs> as a child, I wasn't going, <laughs> this is a good little double entendre or anything like that. But yeah, he, and he was trying to avenge the death of his father from 10,000 years ago. So it made me really creative, which is not part of Sonic lore, I've checked. Okay. They haven't made that canon. No. Um, well, no, no, this is, you, you're speaking highly of it then. Yes. Yeah. And is it only uh, Sonic the Hedgehog? Do you go into, you know, for you know, little plumbers running around? or? Oh, and, that's uh, hate speech. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, but there are hundreds of games. Nintendo. I mean, it's a yeah, huge industry Yeah, we never had now, Nintendo, so yeah. I never had Mario. Yeah. So I've got a bit of a running joke, because I do stand up about old video games now. Yes. I'm, I'm determined to never actually be my actual age. Um, so... Yeah, I've got a kind of running joke going where I hate Mario. And right. there, there, but there were these console wars throughout the 80s and yeah. 90s that don't really exist anymore. But, but some people must have enjoyed doing all of those things. I think yeah. so, yeah, rich people. Yeah. <laughs> children, children of the rich, they have every console. I remember some coming in when I was... I wasn't even a kid, but it came in, and you, you sat at a desk with a screen, and you could do mm-hmm. a sort of 
ping pong game, a oh, table tennis. Yeah, the and, first and that game. seemed the most exciting thing that <laughs> ever been invented. But then you yeah. look at it and think, did we really <laughs> occupy any time doing that? Yeah. It's like tennis yes. if you squint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, only sort of slower than real tennis. Yes, yeah, uh, the gravity yeah. laws yeah. were not obeyed by yes. pole. No. I don't know how these games have all taken off, but they they certainly do. Well, did. yeah, you have. They they've yeah. s- they've informed much of my comedy for the past five years, definitely. And do you go yeah. into Grand Theft Auto and, and those kind of games? Yeah, the yeah. game, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's everything. So, so it's not just Sonic the Hedgehog. No, yeah. oh my goodness, yeah. no. I got a Sony PlayStation in the late mm. 90s and uh, Tomb Raider really captured my imagination because I thought Lara Croft was like the ultimate... The yes. ultimate female role model. Yes, very um, much so, yeah. And, she, like, she, she wasn't. The reason they created Lara Croft, this, like, she was kind of a boobalicious babe who uh, ran around in the Arctic in hot pants. Yeah. And the reason they created this character is they want... It was largely male um, fan base playing games on the PlayStation. Right. And they said, well, they'll feel more sorry for a woman. <laughs> so they'll have a, more of an urge to protect her, so they'll play it more. And oh, Tomb right. Raider was a immense hit. I mean, they still okay. make Tomb Raider games now. I, I just assumed it was to attract, well, obviously, boys in one way, but yeah. girls in another way. That, that they were, well, It worked yeah. on me, yeah. She yes. Also, that was when I was trying to be an Olympic gymnast and, uh, like, Lara Croft could do gymnastics, and I was like, yeah, it's yeah. like I'm practising my gymnastics. But do you yeah. sometimes find the real world a bit depressing and, <laughs> and unexciting? No, you, have you, you seen it out there, Clive? It's wonderful <laughs> you start running up, up, running upstairs, you know, oh, now, yeah. like... like, like uh, uh, like Sonic Hedgehog, you, yeah, know, you well, just get out of breath, don't you? It's, uh, sma- it's... I'm always smashing open tellies trying to get an extra life, that kind of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so so yeah. Sonic Hedgehog, but yeah. I, I feel, although there's a particular reason for you are, that is a representative of that, that whole world of games. I think yeah, now, he's my uh, favourite. Yeah. They make more money out of games than films and yes. music and mm-hmm. everything put together. Yeah, yeah, because once you've made the game, mm. people now can just download it. You don't even need a physical copy. Yes. So people are just downloading games. And it must be like passive income for these yeah. games companies. Because you have to keep buying extra stuff. Downloadable yeah. content, yeah, the old yeah. DLC. Were you ever tempted to go into to designing games? You see, creatively you know writing. What? But at at people... one point, I thought oh, I'd be amazing at that. And I yeah. drew a whole level all around the um, box room on yes. the wallpaper. And uh, my parents were like, yeah, you're never doing that ever again. Oh. And that was the end of my video game design. <laughs> and you see, if Leonardo da Vinci's parents had been like that. We've got to move on to sure. another uh, another of your wonders, which takes us in uh, to me. I was mm-hmm. quite surprised to see with uh, this person yeah. on your list of ones is Jilly Cooper. Yeah, Jilly Cooper, who is a lovely person. <laughs> yeah. I've interviewed her ah, uh, for uh, this? Years, years ago. No, not for this. Right. Years ago on mm-hmm. television. And I, I, what sticks in my memory, apart from anything else, is she's one of two people ever written a letter to me after doing an interview saying, oh, thank you so much for having... It was a polite letter. It wasn't uh, yeah. that she was uh, desperate to keep in contact with me. She just felt... Don't ever uh, call me again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was desperate to just be polite and say, right. how lovely of it. So... Um, so her oh, and the nice. late Tim Piggott-Smith are the two oh. people who've written to me. Anyway, she yeah. was on to talk about her 
Uh, one of her books, I think it was the one actually called Polo. Which that's oh, a, that's my favourite. It's a classic of her books. It's yeah. got horses, it's got a lot of, uh, well, what do we call it in her books? Sort of rumpy pumpy. It's a yeah. love, love interest. Bonk buster fiction. Bonk buster. Yeah. So what is it about, uh, is it the comedy or are you into horses? Uh, I do love horses and you'll find this later on the yes, list. Yeah. 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 Um, I do love horses. Yeah, so these books, she's written... Uh, the, the series I love the most is The Rutsha Chronicles. It's Rutsha, she has yeah. a She has um, a fake county in the Cotswolds called Rutsha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bone Eater. And... Um, <laughs> These these books, you get your money's worth. They're at yeah. least five, six hundred pages each. And yeah. you meet an, an array of characters from the super rich to the lowly stable girl who makes yeah. good. Yeah. And there's, like, Riders goes to the Olympics. We yeah. get to, it's about Olympic show jumpers. And the Olympics is, like, my favourite thing. I lose my mind in the Olympics. Okay. So right. um, you've got all that going on, plus tons of sex so yeah. when i was 14 reading like my mum's copies of polo and riders and rivals i was yeah. like oh, bloody hell i'm yeah. a true adult now i know exactly what goes into sex and relationships which i don't think was the best lesson to take from jilly no but she's always got a joke every sort of uh, i mean there are lots of jokes but every chapter always ends on a sort of yes a, a pun or a joke absolutely or something. And yeah. like people think that writing erotic fiction must be very easy and i don't think it is and jilly proves that because she's got some amazing lines there's the one that stands out to me is um, her breasts her breasts swayed like party balloons when the front door opens. <laughs> I mean, that's genius. There's all, I, I, I haven't made a, a deep study of her other than from when I did the interview, but she, she often there's a lot of sex going on between people who don't really belong together. No. And, but there's a romantic story with yeah. two, like the sort of Romeo and Juliet story in that's a way. That's it, they yeah. Come, you know, they, they come together at the end. <laughs> that, they sure that do. That sounds all right, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but they're kept apart for, yeah. or, they, or they're standoffish or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's a joke. So, but it is set in a world of, uh, you know, luxury and it's yeah. polo and horses. Yeah, you go and, to Palm Beach yes, and... And, yeah, uh, and um, I, I, would I mean, is, is she your type of person anyway, Julie Cooper? She, Do you what? know what? I don't know. I would hope that she would like me. I'm not sure we'd align politically. I think, I think but, she's always been a supporter of the Conservative Party. Yeah. Shire County. Uh, yeah, I don't... I, yeah. But, um, like, my mum works with horses, so I know lots of people like that. And you can really get on with them as yes. long as you don't go too much into, like, the refugee crisis or anything like that. I don't know what her position on the no, re refugee No, no, and I wouldn't ask. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, she's having a, a good time at the moment. I think one of her works is being televised. Yeah. She's in... And it's got yeah. and it's got Danny Dyer in it. I'm yes. so excited. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yes. I know he's going to be playing Freddy in Rivals. Does anyone yeah. know Rivals? Does anyone know Jilly Cooper? Does has this, know, has yeah. this all been a, a mystery to you? <laughs> it's, it's like Fifty Shades of Grey, only they're the grey horses. Yeah. <laughs> there's a horse called the Prince of Darkness in one book. Yeah, uh, that's a part for you. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> or me. Perfect. No, it's me, isn't it? I'm oh, yes, of course. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be somewhere along yeah. with a gun. Yeah. Um, that's a Doom reference. Oh, well. uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would like to meet Jilly Cooper because yes. I bet she is fascinating to chat to. Well, you may have missed out on this particular production, I though, because I think they've I cast did. it. I, I yeah, can't David also... Tennant. Yes, of course. Yeah, Catherine yeah. Parkinson. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, that, anything with Catherine Parkinson is yeah, good. Yeah, magnificent. Um, right, so that's mm -hmm. well, that's Jilly Cooper. Jilly it was Cooper. a long career. as a. Yeah. She started off writing sort of sort of fluffy articles in papers, turned them into was, novels, turned them into yeah, TV programmes. I think she was, the, at one point, the highest-paid journalist on Fleet Street. Yes. Which is pretty amazing for, like, a woman in the 70s. Yes. Yeah. 
All right. Well, so Jilly Cooper, as, yeah. as I say, slightly surprising to see you choose because I have a, a, a vague idea of where <laughs> right. your your, your um, ideas align. But, yeah. Um, but let's go on to the next uh, wonder because that sort mm-hmm. of uh, relates because it is a horse. I'm assuming it's a horse. It's a horse. Yes. Yeah, so tell us about this horse. OK. So the horse I've chosen as one of my seven wonders is Vallegro. Right. And Vallegro is the greatest dressage horse of all time so yeah. far. Um, he won three Olympic golds yeah. uh, and a silver. Um, gold, uh, t- a gold and a silver as a team horse for Great Britain and two golds as uh, an individual with Charlotte Dujardin, yes. who is exactly my age and has had very similar education to me. Um, she, she, you know, she didn't go to a private school. She went to s- some North London state state school. Big and fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I think imagine. she probably yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So people <laughs> rem- we may remember this various uh, events, but I suppose yeah. in particular, the 2012, the 2012 London- Olympics. Yes. Yeah, and and her partnership with Allegro, who wasn't her horse, it was owned by someone else, and she worked at the yard of Carl Hester, who's been on. British Olympic teams since the early 90s and he sort of paired this horse which he'd only paid um, four grand for which is kind of like my car costs that and it's not very good (laughs) he paid that for this horse as a two-year-old and he put these two together when the horse was six and went I think this could work because the horse like these top um these top competition dressage horses, it, it would be like me getting in a Formula One car. I would not be able to keep control yeah. of it. So he went, this horse is kind of unmanageable. I'm going to put you two together. And the partnership was kind of unbreakable. Like, no one else could have done yeah. this. And they created the greatest dressage partnership of all time. But it's a strange thing, dressage, isn't it? It's very it's, strange. It's basically a horse dancing yes. to music yeah, as yeah. part of the Olympics. Yeah, um, and, and people go, it's ridiculous. I don't understand it. And I'm like, that is fine. I yeah. would agree with you if I hadn't been brought up. That's my mum's job. That's it. She rides and trains dressage horses. Oh, she does, right. Yeah, yeah. and I'm a sucker for any like sort of underdog story. So Charlotte Dujardin did not come from big money and was still able to get to the very top of a sport which you make no money in it yeah the only way you make money is by yeah it costs a fortune and the only way you make money is by selling good horse semen that's where the money is yeah and selling good horse semen if you want to make a lot of money get a good horse and sell it semen (laughs) (laughs) if you take one thing away from this everybody yeah (laughs) but Vallegro I wasn't expecting to be that the the line that we were going to be no uh, yeah Horse semen, my yeah. seventh wonder. <laughs> but Vallegro, they, they de-stallioned him, they gelded him. Yes, well, I was going to make this point. That well, having, yeah, because he made was never a... expected to be... Yeah. T- if, if they're expected to be a top horse, you'd leave them as a stallion, because even though it makes them a bit unmanageable, yeah. they'll be worth a lot of money. So are they, are they kicking themselves? Uh, was he they kicking, probably are a bit. Is he kicking them anyway? Uh, <laughs> because he could have been enjoying a sort of 10 years at stud or whatever the Absolutely, yeah. And he, he, never got, he never got the pleasure. No. But they've tried but to But maybe he would never have been the champion if he'd been Possibly intact. not. Possibly not. Because you yeah. also have to then be really careful with the stallion and, yeah. and you don't have to be as careful if they're a little more placid. And, mm. and But yeah. so somebody was clever enough to spot this horse 
Carl Hester, yeah. And also to spot that, that she would be... That she ex- was a bit of a genius. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because um. it's impossible. Like, I was brought... My mum's very good at it, and she's competed. Uh, she's ridden at national championships, um, never on her own horses, because they're so where, very expensive. where does she do this? Whereabouts uh, in the country? We're in the southeast. We're in yes. Surrey. Yeah. yeah. So, so was it... Uh, I, I don't want to rake over difficult questions <laughs> here. Did you never have a chance to do this? Did your oh, mother not put you on or say, oh, go ahead... Suze, you're going to be an Olympic champion yeah, if you just I mean, stick m- at it. My mum... Get off that Sonic, <laughs> yeah. Sonic thing. Put down the yeah. Mega Drive yeah. controller, you yeah. idiot. No, I w- we've got pictures of me put on great big horses at 18 months and my mum's just sort of put me on top of one in a field and walked mm. away and taken a picture. I'm pretty sure that's very dangerous. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, like I, I, had, this is, I always say this, I had every opportunity, but yes. I was never good enough and I was never going to be an Olympic dressage no. rider. So... It, it's so hard. I'm still terrible at it now. I'm an endless disappointment to my mother. I'm sure you're not. I'm sure you're... But <laughs> it doesn't do matter you, how good I am at Sonic, she's never going to be impressed. But do you get the chance to ride horses if she's got yeah. horses available? So oh, that's, yeah, that's I could. more than most people Absolutely, yeah. Get, it's, it's, so. one of those, it's a sport for the mega-rich that I have access to. I'd yeah. never be able to, like, do rowing mm. or play rugby. Yeah. But if, I, if I'd had the ability, I had every contact that I needed, and I just and didn't. Just to go back to your earlier wonder of Jilly Cooper, yeah. this is the world that she, the picture he, she paints yeah. of the world of polo and horse yeah. riding, the, 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 um, the, the sexual atmosphere yeah. around. Is that an accurate one, would you say? Do or you know is... why? It's not far off in the 80s. They were all shagging each other. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it still goes on, but yeah. Okay. There's no, a lot of booze. The, the, the 80s. Lot... The 80s. Yeah, though, yeah. They, they, in, in the 80s, I think there was a lot of booze and bed yes. swapping, yeah. All right. right. (laughs) Read all about it in Riders. All right. Well, we've covered enough uh, riding of of all sorts there. (laughs) But uh, um, so let's go to your sixth wonder, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a different atmosphere altogether, really, from all your others. Sure. Which is Goodfellas. Oh, yes. The movie Goodfellas. Yeah, Goodfellas. Ah. (laughs) Goodfellas is my favourite film of all time and I yeah. saw it at just the right time I saw it at 15 right. and it's that thing where like the films you see at 15 and the music you hear at 15 sure. that's the best music you'll ever hear the best were you allowed to hear. see it at 15 was it, was uh, it a, were I think you, it's a 15 were you, it was a 15 yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay um, so uh, I suppose most people have seen it or certainly have mm-hmm. heard of it so it is is often you know top or second or something in the list yeah. of, of gangster movies. Yeah, and, it's up but, there with But the you Godfather. put it right above, you know, all the Citizen Kane's as well. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if it's a, like a better film than The Godfather or better than Citizen Kane or, yeah. or any, anything like that, but it's my favourite movie. Yeah. It's, uh, now, it's another thing that, like, it changed my life. It changed the way I look at cinema and... So yeah. it's the cinematographic, cinematographic aspect of it, rather mm-hmm. than the enjoyment of the gangsterism <laughs> and the because they're yeah. they're they are extraordinarily popular gangster movies. Yes, the world of the it could be the mafia mm-hmm. or, or it could be you know Irishman or it could be yes. It could be, generally speaking, it's in but most gangster movies are set in America with one racial stereotype or another sure. involved <laughs> with the thing. But quite yeah. a lot of it's it's a brutal they're a brutal yes. world that they paint. Why do we like it so much? Most of us are law-abiding, scared people who Absolutely. wouldn't go near a gun or I wouldn't even speed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that we're sort of we, we're yeah. not going to get involved in. No, in, my uh, goodness. No. So what is it that appealed to I you think, then and still appeals now? I think watching it, it's such an it's a real assault on the senses in the best way, Goodfellas. And mm. when you first watch it, it is so fast. It's because it's two hours and twenty minutes, but 
there's not an ounce of fat on it. It's so fast, and it's all it's all scored with um, like this curated yes. pop music soundtrack, um, and which includes like Sinatra and, and Tony Bennett and then it's got the greatest uh, closing credits song they play Sid Vicious's version of My Way which yeah. what a choice right yeah. um, I think he went through the whole movie putting yes. in the, you know, the yeah, appropriate and lyrics appropriate. and uh, they had music playing when they were filming it would, yes. be, diff- it would be different tunes different mm-hmm. you know tracks for yeah, yeah. And, and I think I loved it for that reason when I was 15 and as I've grown older over the last like 23 years every time I revisit it I find something else that Mm. as I've got older I've gone oh now I see that so now it was about five years ago I saw it for the first time in a cinema at the Prince Charles Cinema which is next door Uh, they showed it on a beautiful old print and I went oh this is a this is a film about like men's bravado and terrible choices being made because of the male ego. Yes. And I suddenly realised it went, oh, my goodness, that's why it's still so brilliant now. Right. Like, there's there's an amazing scene where it's the... Uh, Ileana Douglas is um, playing, like, the wife of Joe Pesci, and he, like, he, he's sort of jabbing his finger at her, and he goes, so you just stay there, and he walks away, and she turns to her friend, and she's like, he gets so jealous. If I even looked at another guy, he'd kill him. And her friend goes, oh, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no way Scorsese didn't know exactly what he was doing with yeah. that. And that's... it was great to see it in a cinema, because everyone was really laughing. I went, oh, good, this film is funny. I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> that was sweet of him. And, and he would. <laughs> yes, get, yeah. absolutely. He's yeah. a complete And then you come out of the, the cinema around here, and if somebody, you know, tries to nick your phone or something you'd be you'd be shocked you'd be uh, yes. you'd be just you know how awful yes uh, absolutely this is uh, a crime in yeah, london yeah. <laughs> but it, is it because it's set in america it, 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 obviously america's a real place but it's also an imaginary place for the rest of the world isn't it it's got yeah, this extraordinary I think quality new york especially i did i mean i did very much like start to ape the fashions in goodfellas as best i could as a yeah. teenager trawling charity shops in Reigate looking mm. for anything that looked vaguely 50s or 60s. Like, yeah, I'm in Reigate, look- there's plenty of things. Well, yeah, 50s and fair, 60s, yeah. Yeah. Did someone yeah. die in this? <laughs> <laughs> I, but I would constantly go, like, would Karen Hill wear this? And yeah. then I'd wear it to sick form. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I, like Goodfellas really made me fall in love with cinema and like um, I love Scorsese. I can't wait mm. for Killers of the Flower Moon, which is his next film. It's yes. about the the birth of the FBI. Yeah, um, it's going to well, be fantastic. Well, some some people um, some people say that uh, the Goodfellas is kind of his the highest point of his right, right. But but do you think he carries on making? I think good movies yeah. And... I think um, he, the Irishman I thought was brilliant. I know there's people who like couldn't stomach it at three and a half hours, and yeah. I, I get that. But I I thought it's mesmerising and. Um, yeah. I thought it, I saw red people going like, "Oh, what a swan song!" Like swan song. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's kind of still at the top of his game. I think we're gonna get more. What about other gags? Would you watch something like Peaky Blinders? Do you do, do you, you enjoy a bit of? Uh... I haven't watched Peaky Blinders. Maybe yeah. I should. I like them hats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's done, uh, it's done wonders for the for British the cap-making yeah. industry. It's kept, kept them from the brink of disaster. It. it sounds now like I'm only into power. the fashions yeah. of these things. OK, look, we're, 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 I feel we're, we're I'm running out I'm jibber-jabbering, of... sorry. No, no, not jibber-jabbering. You're <laughs> doing the right thing. You're right. But I uh, have, um, you're supposed to be in charge. I never feel much in charge of these conversations. So Goodfellas is your sixth, your yes. seventh wonder. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Now, this is an interesting choice, because wouldn't be 
everybody's choice. Right. Uh, Twitter. Yes. Twitter. Yes. Now, to a lot of people, the, the very, yeah. for a lot of people, the very word Twitter immediately mm. conjures up people being very rude to each other, uh-huh. being nasty to each other. Yes. Savage. I know there's, there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of all those, the things that we now have, the, the Instagrams, the TikTok, the Twitter, the internet yeah. generally, why, what's, what's great about Twitter to make it a wonderful Okay. World? So Twitter is disgusting and six months ago it became even worse because the world's most divorced man bought it um thanks to his own ego should have watched goodfellas there was a lesson in there elon um but well i was gonna i was gonna say do do you prefer it now it's no no it's definitely taken a bit of a downturn but i think it can come back up because um so what is is elon musk what what is um (laughs) Mm. what has he done that's different so far then it's he's removed all the staff so now abuse goes unchecked but to be honest when people say that i go seem to remember it kind of did a bit before exactly anyway but what i will say about twitter is it created a platform where someone like me who uh, like it's really hard to break into television and it's Mm. really hard to even get the auditions and it's really hard to build an audience without television until you have social media so i was able to tweet um videos that I made at home on a green screen for, you know, all it cost was the green screen, you know, Um, 30 pounds. Uh, Mm. And I'm able to tweet out any jokes I fancy. And if one of them goes viral, you get a bunch more followers. And those followers will come and see you live. Um, So the meritocracy relatively that Twitter creates is Mm. what I like about it. And the discourse on it is, it can be horrible. It yeah. can be really horrible and toxic, and sometimes I have to step away from it because people people are very mean behind a keyboard. Well, yes, because I was going to say... But at least I'm, the I'm, discourse exists. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm familiar with this. I don't use Twitter. One of my, mm-hmm. you know, children has grown up, child now has, has done the, exactly what you've done, making little films. Right. That's fine. Yeah. But most people, I mean, plenty of people do that, but most people just sit there and go, I hate, I've just seen something yes. on the telly. I hate, and they don't just say, it's not really to my taste. No. They say, this person ought to uh, die of some unpleasant disease. Or, or some, yeah. you know, and it seems to break, draw out, somehow suck out all the nastiness of, of people and then put it, they, they might not, Say this to somebody's face. They're oh, not they even say it to the pub, but it. they will say it to, yeah, to absolutely. the world. Yeah. Um, but what I will tell you is when someone saw me post during lockdown on my green screen, I always have my life-size cardboard cutout of Freddie Mercury. Right. And I've got a big poster of De Niro in Taxi Driver on the wall. And okay. I said, um, people say... And, and it's in my mum's spare room because things are going really well. And uh, <laughs> I, I moved in there for the pandemic in 2013. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I tweeted a picture of me with my Freddie Mercury and my De Niro. And I said, hey, people say it's unglamorous to live in your mum's spare room, but I get to hang out with Freddie Mercury and Robert De Niro. And somebody replied, um, this is a ridiculous tweet. Freddie Mercury died decades ago, which means that someone on Twitter saw that and went, you liar, you only hang out with Robert De Niro. (laughs) And for that, I will have Twitter forever. Like, let it it never die. (laughs) But are you ever, I think you hinted you might be, you... Just sometimes you've made something or you've said something, mm-hmm. and then the the pylon or the or the yeah. ruder- the rudeness is too much. Well, yeah, like yeah. yesterday, for example, I posted. So there was a picture of Jacob Rees-Mogg and his son 
Um, and it was chilling because his son has the same, he's 12, same hair, was wearing the same suit. And I posted that picture and I said, chillingly, one day that little man will run all of Somerset with an iron fist. Mm. And the... The Express got hold of it and tweeted it like, oh, the so-called tolerant left bullying a child. And, and I went, oh, no, they are sort of feeding off me in order to get outrage clicks because yes. they don't care what sort of clicks they get. Yeah. It's all outrage clicks. And I deleted the tweet and took two hours away from Twitter. And when I came back, they found someone else to go after. Right. So there's stuff like that does happen. But... I was like, I'm sorry, okay, fine. That little guy won't one day rule all of Somerset. Is mm. that not bullying then if I say he won't rule all of Somerset? Because he will, unless he rebels and starts living up trees and saying, don't cut it down, etc. I, I suppose there is, a, there is a sort of like, you make a remark about a 12-year-old, then that is, I don't know if it's bullying exactly. But I guess, goes, but it's... like it was more a remark about inherited wealth. But the thing with Twitter is there is no nuance. No, so. exactly. <laughs> no, the, the subtlety of that is, 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 yeah. is easily lost. But, yeah. Uh, but so you go, away for two hours but I mean some people I mean are, are literally driven to distraction or, oh, or worse absolutely. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it's you know you're a you know, um, obviously, uh, you're a very young person as far as I'm concerned, but yeah. but you're not uh, a 12 you know, year old or a 15 no. year old or a 17 year old who they're communicating not just Twitter with yeah. other things and they get to these uh, this bullying which is in their own yeah. home which um, mm-hmm. is uh, oh yeah it, like yeah. there are many terrible elements to social media but what I will say in social media's defense is it's no longer just what a journalist has written in a newspaper or what you're saying to people who are like-minded down the pub. There is now this discourse that at least exists. So you do see points of view that you may never have seen before. Now, we may not always want to see them, but at least they're out there. These Okay, yes. And I think sometimes giving fringe beliefs oxygen um, can uh, expose them enough that they're brought down. Yeah. Right. And I suppose, to, to be fair, on Twitter, it's not all abuse. There Absolutely are people not. saying, no, no I I'm love not that. out there tweeting abuse, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but some, there is a lot of community. It's just, it does seem to pollute the water. You know, yes. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, a river isn't just a sewage outlet, but once a sewage yeah. outlet's there, it tends to it's spoil true. the rest. It's yeah. And at the same time, I get to live tweet. Eurovision every year and it's the most fun because everyone else who's watching Eurovision is joining in and it's All like right. being at a party. Okay. Well, sounds like Eurovision might have been on I your, have put your that. wonders. <laughs> uh, the, who, and who... I got to live tweet the Dressage World Championships last year. Of course. <laughs> is there a big following around the world for the... the Tens of people. Tens of people. Do you know what? They are like yeah. Doctor Who fans though. There's a section of Dressage fandom that thinks Dressage was only good in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all that, that the Horse of the Year show used to be on sort of terrestrial television, yes. or BBC One for, yeah. for many years. We just mm-hmm. thought it was normal that we, yeah. we, we several evenings in one week we showed horses. Ridiculous! And that one where the horse had to the puissance, yeah, yes, the puissance where the horse jumps got, over seven feet. Yeah. yeah, and more and more, it's got higher and higher until yeah. till the till the horse broke its leg or whatever. That was the, <laughs> well, we that, hope not. Yes, I hope not. That's not the um, end goal. No, no, no. <laughs> but it, it had that sort of fear. Factor yeah. Oh to well, it. yeah. Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful horse, Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Now, <laughs> um, OK, look, uh, Suze, thank you very much for joining me thank on My you. Seven Wonders. I have to decide what is uh, the wonder of wonders, the one that you argued the best for. Okay. I'm not going to put Twitter in, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm even going to go with good first. It, it just amuses me, the idea that your wonder of wonders should be Jilly Cooper. Okay. So, I'll make, so Suze Kempner's wonder of wonders is Jilly thank Cooper. You. <laughs> thank you very much, thank Suze you. Kempner. Thank you very much.
If you enjoyed this episode of My Seven Wonders, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thank you for listening. My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creative Network.